Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love Podcast. This is the show all about the Fujifilm X-Series and GFX cameras and the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series, GFX, head on over to fujilove.com, and there you can find articles on all things Fujifilm, whether it's camera reviews, lens reviews, articles on just great photography, great photos too. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Uh, head on over to fujilove.com, and hey, while you're there, treat yourself and subscribe to Fujilove magazine, and that'll be your Christmas present, or gift it to somebody else. But either way, you're going to have a great time at fujilove.com. And I got to say, this year has been challenging, <laughs> to say the least, but I wanted to wish everybody here at Fuji Love, to you out there, wherever you're listening, uh, whether whatever you celebrate this year, happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, I, I wish everybody a uh, very safe and, and emphasis on safe <laughs> um, and, and joyful uh, time of year. And, and then likewise have a safe and happy new year and it's been quite the ride uh i wanted to personally thank everybody at uh fuji love uh as well as our listening audience to th this opportunity has been great and this is my first full year of doing interviews for fuji love and it's been amazing. I have had the privilege of interviewing some amazing photographers. Uh, some of them have been my uh, personal photography mentors, which that in and of itself, I am truly grateful for the opportunity to do that. Uh, and then others, it's just been such a great time getting to know photographers, getting to know their photographic processes. It's, it's just been awesome. And the feedback from the community has been amazing as well. I've received uh, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of feedback from the community and thank you so much for those who have written in. It's Again, it's been an honor, and I have I've been having a great time doing this. So thank you so much for the opportunity. And I don't usually share my information, but uh, if anybody wants to see me in particular, uh, my Instagram is Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. Uh, I post fun stuff there it's not like hardcore portfolio stuff there but if you ever want to see me using the fujifilm series cameras as well as my iphone and my dogs <laughs> head on over to uh instagram and check me out there you can also follow me on twitter uh, i'm also mark sadowski there that's mark with a c 
And yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to hear from from everybody. Uh, it, it has been it has been an honor, and I I thank everybody for the opportunity. From high on up on Fuji Love headquarters to everybody listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. And with that, I'd like to uh, go into a little bit of a preface uh, for our guest that we, that we we, we, we spoke with. Um, I got a chance to interview Claire Rosen, and we did this recording a little bit before Thanksgiving, so it's not completely outdated. <laughs> as far as photographic stuff goes, nothing was lost there, but uh, just wanted to give that heads up. But uh, it was an amazing interview, and let's get right into it. My guest this week is Claire Rosen. Claire is an amazing fine art photographer, and she is one of the newest members of the Fujifilm Creators Guild, I would say, um, the creative team. Uh, Claire, how's it going? Uh, fantastic. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And um, surprisingly, considering everything that's going on in the world, I'm doing very well. And uh, I'm very uh, ecstatic to be part of the Fujifilm creative team and such a vibrant, generous community uh, feels really essential right now that that is awesome and at the time of this recording um it, it's uh november right before thanksgiving uh so just to kind of put things in perspective so right now you are new to the the this fujifilm program how has this program how, how did fujifilm find you and what is your role with this uh, creative role? Sure. Um, it, now I'm trying to remember how long ago it was. When the GFX first came out, the very first one, I was asked to beta test it, which was amazing to be able to get my hands on that camera when it was fresh out in the world. Yeah. Um, and prior to that, I had been a Canon shooter. And I was so impressed with the system and really loved working with the people at Fuji that I sort of unofficially transitioned. So while I guess I'm newly an official member, I feel like I've been supported by them for quite some time, like since the GFX came out. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a really easy transition for me to move over to that system. That's amazing. So you went right from Canon into the the medium format system. Yeah, I had been using a few other medium format systems that I would sort of borrow, but hadn't felt um, like I could invest in, you know, many of the competitor systems are very expensive to really yeah. commit fully to. So I would rent them or borrow them from very nice friends um, mm -hmm. and was really feeling like, especially for my animal feast project, which is um, a project that's printed in a very large format that I really needed the size of the camera to be able to produce um, to the quality that I was looking for. So I was 
really excited that GFX really came at the right time for me. Yeah. Uh, oh, we'll get into that Animal <laughs> Feast series in a minute. I, I, I have questions. <laughs> but, uh, I can answer them. <laughs> uh, so that's amazing. Um, and, and so with going into the GFX, um, have you played around with some of the other cameras out of curiosity like uh any of the x the the xt series or x pro series um i have also the xt4 uh which i love to use for sort of my less the things that i'm not going to make giant prints out of i think it's a fabulous camera you know obviously very easy to use lightweight and um i also got to do the test with the new 50 millimeter that they made for that camera, the 1.0 for that campaign that just launched. So I had recently been using that camera a lot and really uh, having a lot of fun chasing unicorns around the woods of Pennsylvania. That's very cool. So you're talking about one of your uh, art series, uh, the the fairy tale? Yes. So I sort of started... uh, or I'm revisiting the fairy tale theme that was one of the very early projects that I did right out of school. And I took a pretty big break from making that work. But during quarantine, I found myself more and more drawn to mythology again and fairy tales and sort of the fantastical and, and kind of wanting to have some magic. So when I was approached by Fuji to create some images with the new 50 millimeter lens, I decided to do a project on unicorns nice how how are you enjoying that lens like what is it about that lens that is uh different from uh their other portrait style lenses well the 1.0 is really incredible shallow depth of field it's just so surreal and whimsical um and can make a sort of ordinary scene look 10 times more magical. Now, um, so on top of that, you're coming from uh, the Canon uh, line of cameras. Uh, is that 1.0 kind of equivalent to anything that you've seen in the Canon cameras? Like the, I, I know the, the bokeh that's produced from the 135 millimeter, that F2, that's magic. Uh, back when I used Canon. That was one of my favorite lenses. Uh, the the eighty five millimeter. Uh, I can't remember what that was. One point four. Um, like, does mm-hmm. the Fuji one point kind of compare to them? Uh, goes higher. I think it goes a bit further than those do. I um, didn't have those in my personal uh, sort of setup. Um, yeah. And and embarrassingly enough, I mean, I have pretty limited on the gear front as it goes. Um, so I now have more lenses than I've ever had with three, <laughs> um, two for the GFX and one for the uh, T4. But um, I, I just think, um, yeah, I was surprised and I haven't seen many images that really push the depth of field to the uh, levels that the new 1.0 did. Amazing. That's awesome. Um, and in my lim- limited understanding of focal length, I also didn't understand 
I thought it was more like a traditional 50, but it's actually much closer. Um, so I probably should have used it to make more portraits instead of what I did use it for. So I had kind of surprising uh, results that are sort of maybe not what you would typically see from that lens. But how, I mean, in the end, what did, what did you think of the photos? I mean, they must've been uh, even though they weren't what you were expecting. No, I loved it. I I wish they would make something that shallow for the GFX. I'm hoping that they will. (laughs) That would be amazing. Yeah. That would be one heck of a focusing plane. Like literally. Yeah. I think it might also have to be enormous. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, it's it's the size of an observatory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's amazing. Uh, I I can't wait to see those uh, photos. When when are you going to uh, have those on display? Um, that is a great question. I'm working on them now. I'm hoping in a couple of weeks I will have them finished. There are a few on my website now, but not the whole series. Um, it's under a project called Secret Kingdom. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I am going to head on over there. So while we're doing this interview, uh, where can people see your photos so that while they're listening to you, they can also uh, check out some of your work? Probably my website is the best place. It's um, claire-rosen.com. And I do have an Instagram, but I have been terrible about posting on it recently. I've been really building up some content to release. And, um, so that gets posted to not as, as frequently. Um, but that's Claire underscore underscore Rosen on Instagram. These are amazing. They're really fun. They were fun to make and it was a really nice, um, thing to do outside and get to meet some more of my neighbors who so generously, um, took the time to make these images with me. Now, how are you uh, getting that horn to stay on the, the horse? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a unicorn. <laughs> yes. um, it's uh, very craftily designed. I actually had a very nice friend of mine carved them out of wood for me, and they have like a sort of mounting strap. So they're done with uh, a very small ribbon that goes sort of like under and around the top of the oh, horse's okay. ears. So it's um, a little logistical con- <laughs> acrobatics <laughs> there. It looks great. Like with the extra pixels, it, was it easy to Photoshop the? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's very cool. I mean, the resolution on these cameras is just amazing. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you're pulling a lot of, like, you have some photos in here that are uh, really in the shadows of the, deep in the woods. And that sunlight coming in Mm. um, while still retaining the uh, details of the horse who is a dark horse in this photo particular photo and, and the the princess who's also wearing really sick awesome armor <laughs> thank you um, that that is i mean just the amount of be, the, the 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 range between highlights and shadows is really really unreal that is yeah, pretty i mean awesome. that is definitely a huge uh plus to this system um 
especially it being incredibly forgiving if you're somebody that uh, has a lot of things going on and and maybe can't pay as much attention as she would like to her settings. I really appreciate how forgiving the <laughs> camera is. That's really cool. Um, uh, and I should probably say also my very patient sister, who's the one in the armor that I dragged all over the place at sunrise and sunset to, to do this project. Well, tell your sister she is very lovely and she looks <laughs> awesome in the armor. Uh, she, this... Uh, your your work as a whole is just amazing there is so much whimsy to your to your photos there's so much um uh there, there's so much uh of the fantastical that that is present in your work and your work also even though you it's clearly a photo really looks like they are reminiscent to or, or inspired by a lot of uh, different painting genres, uh, uh, historical time periods. Um, how did this all begin? Like, when did you get that bite for photography? And um, how is your, how, how does the art world itself blend into this? Because it looks like, and correct me if I'm wrong, there, there is a, a, a mix of different worlds between uh, paintings and photography. Yeah, and I, I'm so happy to hear you say that they're reminiscent of paintings because it is what I strive to emulate. And I think um, art history has played a very um, formative role from a really early age. Um, you know, my was lucky enough to grow up outside of New York City and my mom would take us frequently to the um, Metropolitan Museum of Art. And um, I just, from a very young age, have been very drawn to sort of classical European paintings, though now I'm sort of trying to expand my horizon uh, in terms of the things that I'm looking at. But... um, children's illustrations also were um, featured very prominently in my childhood and continued to sort of influence my aesthetic for a very long time without me even necessarily realizing it. Um, And when we, when I moved my parents out of our childhood house, I found sort of boxes of my books from when I was little because my parents never threw anything away. And, Mm -hmm. um, And they're just filled with animals having dinner parties and anthropomorphic mice running around, going on adventures. And um, I think sort of Beatrix Potter, Wind in the Willows, Alice in Wonderland, those all held a very um, sort of aesthetically informing and content informing role in the work that I create. And then I really didn't pick up a camera even until college. I had always been interested in the arts and had hoped to maybe be a painter, but at that young age, I sort of thought that you maybe needed to have a natural talent as opposed to like work really hard. And so Mm -hmm. painting was very frustrating to me and I was 
really excited when I found photography because I felt like there was finally this way to get all of these things out of my head that I had been imagining and dreaming of. So I think from the very beginning, I was always sort of constructing these little sets and vignettes and using the camera to capture them. Um, so it, it became a, a, a tool for my imagination very early on, and I was very grateful to f- have found it. What were some of your uh, greatest uh, artists that inspired you? Who were you drawn to back at this age? I mean, I mean what, what, as you're getting into photography. Hmm. I mean, Francesca Woodman was one of my first very favorite idols in photography where um, I thought like, oh my goodness, this is really, I felt more connected to it sort of from an internal psychological standpoint than some of the kind of more traditional documentary photography that you learn about, you know, when you first start photography, you get the kind of canon of, um, of photographers. And it wasn't really till I saw her work that I, I um, really thought like, oh, there's something more psychologically that you can put into your pictures as opposed to trying to represent real life. Um, and then Joyce Tennant. She really had this like surreal, uh, her black and whites were really yes. just. But they were so vulnerable also. And she put so much of herself in them. And I felt like that they were really more about her psychology than like representing anything in reality, which I really appreciated. Yes. Um, That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And uh, Robert and Shana Park Harrison, I think are fabulous. The architect's brother was one of my favorite photo books. Um, Paulo Ventura. It was Tim Walker, I think I met later, but he's a real idol of mine. Um, But everybody that was sort of more making constructions. But I think that I spend a lot more time looking at children's illustrations and like 17th century Dutch still life paintings um, and like Sargent's classic portraits. Um, I'm looking more and more now at like sort of primitive folk art, which I find really interesting. Awesome. And so going back to the, the children's illustrations, I think on your website, the best um, thing that kind of captures that feel of children's illustrations in real life is your traveling mouse series. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, that's my um, five minute project. That's just for fun. So it's a, like a rubber mouse mask. And I when I was traveling, I would bring it with me everywhere um, and make these sort of impromptu um, self-portraits, mostly in tourist locations, but really anywhere that I thought was sort of entertaining. Because I think it's um, always important to have a project that you don't take too seriously that is just funny to you. Um, so this is you in these ways. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a self-portrait project, um, if that makes it more humorous i'm not sure but i really that kind of puts things into perspective because some of these look like uh so you're basically uh, how how are you taking these photos it ranges I mean, I mean, some, yeah sometimes it's a tripod and a timer or now fuji has that great um app that you can control the 
camera from your phone. Um, or yeah. sometimes I have complete strangers take them or my family members get roped into it a lot or anybody that's traveling with me. Um, some of them are even done on a cell phone. It's really just like a creative exercise and something that I think is funny. <laughs> I think. It's awesome. <laughs> this is like, I mean, you have a lot of different places uh, and your compositions are really, really fun. Um, the, my, I think my favorite one out of the lot of them is um, it's probably one to the, the third row for anybody who's um, looking at the <laughs> computer. But there is that single street light uh, that, that is barely illuminating you because you're in the shadows um it just looks really cool uh i love street lights uh so any, any kind of street light photography is a-okay in my book where is this i think that one is in prague is the wall yellow yeah yeah that's um in prague um yeah, the project started because I, I think I'm just very bad at being on vacation. <laughs> I wanted to go see all those things and feeling like a tourist always felt so sort of strange and foreign. Um, so this sort of spontaneously happened. And now, like thousands of pictures later, I'm not totally sure what to do with them, but I really... Um, enjoy making them. I think like each one of my projects gives me... Um, a little something different. Uh, Being a tourist is strange. It is. <laughs> it's let's weird. go with the mindset. Make things right. Well, it really can get the energy of a space. I have to say, I mean that there there's a performance aspect to it that I find really interesting, and I also, in some cases, am in a number like people will come up and ask to take their picture with me like I'm yeah. like a something like a character which I guess I am so I just love the idea that I'm like in all these families like vacation <laughs> pictures that I'll never see that they'll go home and they'll be like oh and then we saw this and we saw that you um, know what you fit perfectly in with the lucha libres uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and you just get to interact with people in such a different way that I have found really lovely. Um, and, and while she, the mouse has gotten a few negative reactions, for the most part, people are like really curious. And then they want to tell you all the things about their city that are like amazing to them to go see. And um, so it just creates a really enjoyable added experience i've only been yelled at like one or two times you know that's not a bad record yeah. considering how many places you've been to um i mean th that mouse head looks really like it's pretty really good, good. <laughs> it's pretty good i mean i could see how some people kind of got scared um, <laughs> it's 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 convincing I'll, I'll give you props on that that you mm -hmm. you you were not cheap on the <laughs> the... it's actually it's an amazon mask i gotta be honest oh that's awesome um but yeah that has its own instagram at follow the mouse if you wanted to see more of them oh definitely i am going there right now <laughs> um okay after the interview i'll get there <laughs> um so with your uh projects like so one of the things that I've never 
understood with uh, uh, with this side of the business is how, how are <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. I'm sorry. How do you make a living? How, how do you make a living being a, an, an artist? Sure. Um, <laughs> no, it's a great question. Um, it's, it's some some artists have a hard time answering it. Also, um, well, it's different yeah. for so many people. Yeah, that I get. And there um, certainly is isn't one roadmap. There's there's definitely a lot of ways to do it. But um, I would say in my case, I've been incredibly fortunate. Um, so I generate these bodies of work, and um, most of and that's mostly self-funded. And then um, if you're lucky, people are interested in purchasing prints and putting them on the walls. <laughs> so that is the bulk of how I make my money is from print sales. Um, and that is from individual collectors, uh, regular people to restaurants and hotels and companies that want art for their corporate collections. Yeah. Um, so that's really the great, um, the great thing when you can find yourself within a network of, um, art consultants, interior designers that will place your work in public spaces. And then, um, I also sometimes will license prints or images for specific things, magazine editorials, um, book covers, uh, depends. It's, it's always a little bit different. And, um, yeah. Then I have also been really lucky that sometimes I'm commissioned to create work that looks like my projects that are for a specific thing. Like someone will ask for me to do a specific animal feast or a specific type of bird in front of wallpaper or a different kind of animal in front of wallpaper or one of my like still life collages. Um, and that's really fun to do to create something that's like totally within my wheelhouse, but, um, new and having like some interesting constraints for whoever the client is. Um, and then, and then there are groups like Fuji that support, um, us to create projects, which is incredible Yeah, as well. Cause then you really have sort of creative freedom and, uh, and support with resources and gear as well. So let's go into that. Uh, the, those feasts because that is one of the things on, on your website that is just absolutely amazing um you you hinted early on that you're using the uh gfx for these now tell tell everybody uh, like what what is the behind these uh feast photos so um they, I've been traveling all over. I've been working on this project for a number of years now, and I s sort of do them opportunistically if I'm in a place to speak or teach or I have a job somewhere or even a family vacation. Um, I research what, um, what animals are in the area and, um, or, you know, what's special to that area, what's endangered, what is a conflict point with humans. And I do research to try and find the access. And then um, each one is a little bit different in terms of how used to the animals are to being around people. Um, so yeah. um, they 
all have sort of unique constraints around them in terms of what goes on the table and like, does it need to be an enclosed area and sort of the setting. So I'm kind of working with all of these varying parameters to construct uh, this image. But basically, I build the table and put all the food on it really meticulously, make sure all my camera settings are correct, locked down on a tripod and then the animals are invited to come in and I sort of just have to wait and see what happens, which. So just to paint a little bit extra of this picture uh, for everybody, because your, your work is tremendous. You're doing it no justice (laughs) right now, because I mean, this is goes into, it's not just a table. It's you're looking at like last supper uh, quality, like long table. <laughs> yeah. these are amazing epic feasts and um they, they are huge and you have uh kind of like you know the the last supper painting mm-hmm. uh every every animal is on one side uh sitting you know quote unquote sitting and, and enjoying the, the 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 feast before them uh how all right, so for let, let's start with the gear. You're you mentioned it's the 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 GFX uh, camera. Are you using a specific kind of lens to get the uh, like the panoramic effect, or are you are are these uh, just uh, cropped to be panoramic? Um, sometimes they're cropped. Sometimes they're doubled and composited together to do two frames side by side to make the extra long prints. Awesome. Um, so I'm just using the, um, oh, what's it called? It's the 32 to 64. It's so bad. I have to check. No, no, <laughs> um, okay. But I actually, I just borrowed the 120 millimeter from them uh, to do a praying mantis feast. And that was pretty amazing, um, the detail on that. Um, so the closest thing that you have right now to what you're just what you just described it looks like you did one with bees yes that was prior to i wish that i had done that on the gfx when i see it printed large um so yeah that's the one downside of of your print quality vastly improving is if you have to sell prints together that came from a long distance apart in time (laughs) um which hasn't been the case too much, but on, on one occasion it happened and they were sort of side by side and it was, it was uh, hard <laughs> to see uh, just how different the quality was. Um, it's so awesome. Like these are, these are just like, like I, I, I can't, I want to put more to this. I well, think. Thank you. So, I, I take a lot of pictures during the time of waiting for the animals to eat. And the, the very best faces are composited together to make those kind of stronger compositions. And I work with an incredible retoucher um, named Becky Manson from the post office to sort of make them look as good as they do. Okay. That, so that, that makes sense uh, to get, because all the animals are going to be doing their own thing. Yeah. You, you yeah. Want to, 
<laughs> get so the it all happens just not at the same time necessarily but yeah it's, uh, it still feels like a real gift that it even happens at all uh some of the time <laughs> Uh, as there were certainly ones that I had to wait a really long time for. Yeah. So in here, uh, I'm just going to name off some animals for, for the audio listeners. You have, um, oh, this is, this is incredible. (laughs) You have snake, you have cobras, you have uh, bears, um, sloth bears, you have cheetahs, you have elephants, you have um, oryxes. That looks. Yes. A, that, it's a really cool photo. That one has. Uh, I can't believe that that picture even happened. It was like a small miracle. <laughs> I mean, you're these. These are wild animals. They're, they're they're not. Are they captive animals or are they like? Some are. So, like the oryxes are not necessarily domesticated, but they're part of a. Um, breeding program in Jordan because they had become extinct. So they're in a very large preserve, um, but they're not really used to interacting with humans that often. Um, The sloth bears is um, an amazing sanctuary in Agra, India. They've rescued all of the sloth bears from the sort of dancing bear profession. um, And they now are being looked after and protected um, from a sort of horrible exploitative existence. So they are, um, I was on the other side of a a fence for that one. (laughs) Good place. (laughs) Yes. So there's definitely a few times where I've been in cages, but for the most part, um, you know, we have extensive, conversations with the caretakers of the animals because obviously my number one priority is their safety and well-being um and then second secondly mine (laughs) i i would go the other way around but (laughs) but that is uh, okay i mean especially uh i mean going still going down the list you have bison which i have to say this is one of my favorites uh that winter setting um and knowing bison are extremely dangerous um yep and they're built i mean they're basically tanks with fur um it it is it is an impressive uh panoramic uh, seeing that photo uh the hyenas that's a yeah that that was a little frightening (laughs) they ate everything (laughs) the table the baskets um I don't know that I've met an animal that's more like its cartoon counterpart, but beautiful. I mean, I just, um, I think the gift of this project for me has really been being able to see all of these animals and just, I'm so in awe of them and the people that protect them. And, you know, my whole hope and goal for the project is to sort of encourage some more dialogue around conservation and just thinking about animals more humanely. Um, I think there's so many points of kind of conflict and tension between humans and the natural world. Yeah. Um, And I do think that if we could be more thoughtful and mindful that many of those would sort of go away naturally. Um, if 
it's, um, you know, not necessarily like a straightforward. Yeah. A lot of these issues are nuanced and complicated, but, um, I think, I think if I can prevent, not prevent, present, was what I was trying to say, present um, images in a sort of like whimsical way that encourages people to sort of talk about it or just learn more about the scenarios or circumstances that these animals find them in that maybe it will change their behavior in a small way. Well, just an FYI, my son loves these photos. He is very much into uh, uh, animal conservation. Oh, that's awesome. and he he's only in second grade and he's enlightening me in a yeah i um, mean i think most people have good intentions and they're not just not necessarily aware um yeah. and i think that when they do become aware of many people are compelled to to do the right thing um so also as a part of the print sales of this project i do donate a percentage back to the specific animal organization that deals with the animals of the picture awesome that's incredible uh, i mean again words can't describe what <laughs> what, what nice. thank you here. everybody should just go to the website uh claire-rosen.com and, and see these panoramics for for yourself because it is just just brilliant again my favorite is that bison uh print it is it's talk about like american uh american frontier painting this is this is it (laughs) um with a hint of last supper so it's it's, it's (laughs) um claire i i mean i could just keep going on and on uh with with your different works uh let's kind of wrap things up um and uh, just kind of go into like what 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 is next on your project list? What what are some of the things that you're looking to accomplish uh, in twenty twenty one? Well, I have been putting some some of my toads in a doll in my dollhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds crazy, um, but I've been very um, yeah. Please, I have some some mice and some some frogs that come to visit living in the country, they sometimes come inside. Um, <laughs> and so I have uh, been redecorating my dollhouse for them. And uh, that will be a new series that I'm really enjoying making. Um, I think the unicorn project I'll go a little bit further with. I've also sort of been trying to do some mermaids and some like anthropomorphizing of insects. Um, yeah. Because the sort of insect decline um, is a real problem um, yes. for conservation. But I think uh, since I've moved to this farm and I'm more in nature now and I'm having a greater appreciation for just the environment and ecosystems, I think a lot of my work will have sort of more of a conservation undertone moving forward um even more so than it does now but always trying to like keep the sort of surprising and whimsical surreal surreal and kind of more playful element to it but hopefully encouraging those conversations um and i'm 
working on creating a sort of artist residency space on my farm as well. So that's uh, been a big project that's more experiential than than maybe work creating. But I feel like I'm just kind of taking the tenets of building those small worlds and just uh, kind of expanding them to a whole life-size farm. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It's been really fun. I um, have an incredible friend that's a painter that's like painting chipmunks on my walls <laughs> and birds <laughs> on my ceilings. Um, so we're, we're making a pretty whimsical world here. That's awesome. And uh, I, I can't wait to see what you share uh, in, in the coming future. Um, thank Claire, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh my gosh. And thank you. <laughs> we'll have to, you know what? I, origin stories and everything uh, is something that I'd love to go into. Uh, but I mean, with, with your artwork, it, I mean, it was just such a great roller coaster ride that, <laughs> you know, we'll have to do a part two and, and go into some of your earlier work and, and uh, get that origin story out there. <laughs> great. Thanks so much. Um, no problem. Uh, so thank you for being on the show. Tell the world where they can find you one more time uh, before we, uh, Claire-Rosen.com and uh, the mouse is at follow the mouse on Instagram and my farm is warwickfurnacefarm.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks. Good night.